Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today I traveled up north, well, maybe not physically up north, but virtually up north to talk to Jeff O'Neill in British Columbia. He is a therapist, and we had a really good conversation about traumas. Big T, little T's, we talked about addiction, we talked about knowing your personal power and more importantly, living a life that makes sense for you right now. If you are interested in exploring what trauma healing looks like, more importantly, are you interested in learning about regaining your sense of power, sense of understanding who you are, what matters most to you? Well, so listen to today's episode because we really, we get, we got into it and I'm hoping that you will find so much value. I know I did too. So we're going to get to all of that coming to you after this short. Hey, Jeff, how's it going today? Oh, not too bad. It's a typical British Columbia rainy weather. So we're getting ready for for fall uh, here in, in BC. BC, British Columbia, you know, I think all you guys have like seasonal affective disorder of all the rain and whatnot, but that's not going to be the, the focus of our conversation. <laughs> you know, it was really interesting. Like when we were talking earlier, you were telling me about like everybody is at this state of like micro trauma. And, and I want to talk with you about that because I, I know about trauma, but I like to hear about micro trauma. Yeah, so we were talking about the fact that, you know, we're living in quite a traumatized world right now. Uh, you know, if we look, you know, everywhere, there's something that, that's really terrifying us, right? You know, here in BC, we've had, we have had wildfires, right? Uh, p- people getting displaced. Uh, inflation's really, really high uh, here in British Columbia and across the world. Um, so lots of people are um, really feeling scared there, right? Um, and of course, we're all reeling from COVID still to this day. Um, so we are um, all feeling a little unsettled and, and all a little uh, traumatized. So that's on the macro, bigger level. On the micro level, because we're consuming all this, we're consuming all this trauma and all these uncomfortable feelings. Um, right now, we're all feeling, like um, um, all of us are feeling in a sense of, of trauma and unease right now. Um, hence why like, you know, life coaching and counseling right now is probably the highest need it's been since I don't know, maybe since after the 2008 stock market crash, I, I would guess. Um, but yeah, no, like we're, we're seeing lots of people that are just not feeling, uh, not feeling themselves. Um, and I would argue don't know that they're not feeling themselves because uh, we live in quite a society that's uh, very easy to distract ourselves. Um, now, like, like I said, counseling is at, a, is at a high need right now and life coaching. Uh, so folks are starting to realize it. Um, but I think we, um, all of us are in survival mode right now uh, to an extent. Uh, there's quite a few, I think there's not, not a lot of us who can say that we're not in some kind of survival mode. You know, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about, well, first of all, I just, I just want to clear up something because everybody says like trauma, 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 trauma. And they're like, no, that's not trauma, that's stress. So let, let's, let's just for a second, let's get clinical and like, let's talk about what trauma is. And then let's dig in deeper about micro versus macro trauma. Yeah, so like a, uh, I'm not I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, right? But you know, trauma to me, as someone who's worked in trauma for over ten years, is is an event, whether it's big or small, and and you know they call it little T and big T. So little T would be it's any kind of situation 
um, that made you feel out of control and uncomfortable, right? So a little t, a small trauma is, you know, is something like, like watching the news and seeing the war on Ukraine and going, oh my goodness, that's so unsettling. Like, I can't believe that happened, right? Um, or, you know, like getting cut off in traffic or, you know, getting bumped on the sky, uh, the, we call them sky trains here, subway, uh, <laughs> something like that, right? So some sort of like smallish event that really made us feel uh, out of control. Then you then there's your big T trauma, right? That's the obviously the ones that we all focus on, you know, any type of abuse, sexual, physical, emotional neglect, right? Uh, car accidents can be either a small T or a big T, depending on the type of car accident and the severity of the um, of the event of the car accident, um, or like, you know, it being displaced, right? So everyone in, obviously in Ukraine right now is, is, is having some big T drama. Uh, and then of course, you know, folks, um, you know, floods, natural disasters that makes us, make us move from our, our homes, right? That, that creates a, a bit of a big T, uh, situation. So, you know, a lot of us are feeling like this, this unsettled event of we're not in our control, right? Like inflation is a big one, right? Like we cannot control inflation, right? Uh, and so lots of folks now are in this uncomfortable, I can't control the fact that, you know, it's either, you know, people are like, I'd rather put gas in my car or uh, I feed my family, right? So those are some some examples of like what trauma is, right? Because like, so stress is like, like you said, stress is work stress. So, you know, you got deadlines to meet and, and things like that, right? Um, and, you know, there is a sense of not feeling in control, uh, for sure, uh, in that matter, but it's it's more of like some someone, some some event or something really making you feel like the, the situation was out of your control and making you making your body feel like it had to defend itself. Earlier, you mentioned about this idea that we're all so busy distracting ourselves. We're never pausing and asking ourselves like, whoa, <laughs> this will do rub on me. This is causing me a sense of discomfort. And I and I believe, and I, we, I think we've echoed this, these thoughts in a, a prior conversation that in part is the cause of it is our iPhones and all these things buzzing and all these late breaking news and just trying to keep up to date is actually in some cases traumatized we don't have a focus of control we don't have a sense of our ability to resolve things and it feels disheartening to say the least yeah no and i i feel like why we're such a why we're in a very survival mode state is that uh, in general um our society even you know we're starting to talk about it right but we have never really lived in a society in North America. I can't speak to Europe or other parts of the, of the world, but we've never really lived in a world that that talks about emotions, that talks about mental health, and talks about the physical sensations in our body and even what trauma is and or and or does to our body. Right? Like we are right now are living in in a world of of intergenerational trauma. Right? So for folks that don't know, intergenerational trauma is is that it's trauma passed down from each generation. So here in here in Canada uh, is is our our indigenous people, right? Um, residential schools, you know, children forced from their homes to put in you know institutions. They they're not schools, you know, and were you know horrible things were done to them, and they pass that down generation to generation, right? But that exists throughout multiple cultures in North America, right? Lots of new immigrants who come to Canada experience a lot of that, right? You know. Lots of minority populations in in the in the U.S. right there, and you know we have we also now are hitting another level of of a beginning of intergenerational trauma with COVID, right? We had a, all of our society was sitting in two years of really uncomfortable trauma that you know that saw death, that saw really bad sicknesses, long COVID. There's many 
serious trauma events that happened for the past two years um, that will be passed down to generations, right? So we're living in a very intergenerational trauma society right now, right? So hence why we're seeing so many folks in this survival mode is because they don't actually really know they're they're feeling the effects of their trauma, right? Um, because there are so many distractions, right? And you know, your phone, you know, sports is another good way to to uh, do that. Like we, we're we're very you know, as as human beings, you know, uh, you know, from our generation, we are very uh, good at avoiding pain or discomfort. It is it is our body's natural state to get away from it, right? And we are now living in a society uh, that gives you these outlets very easily with phones, with television, right? Like back in the day, we didn't have those things, right? Um, I mean, we didn't talk about it then, so it was a <laughs> Kind of a double whammy by then but now we do talk about it but we also don't really talk about the fact that uh, we have so many devices to distract ourselves from ourselves right it's changing like i said in the beginning you know counseling and life coaching is really really you know booming right now because uh, the conversations are starting uh, but we have a lot of people here in canada and of course in the us that um just um don't really know what's going on for them and then have this uh constant uh, all these modalities to be able to escape from it, right? And then you never really truly know uh, where you're at because you you don't necessarily sit with yourself, right? Uh, unless you're sleeping. And there's lots of folks now who have trouble sleeping, right? Because that's the only time in their day uh, that they're not distracted by something, right? And some people actually need like white noise or what, you know, there's some other distraction they need just to fall asleep, right? So we are just in a really uh like perfect storm in my opinion of 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 trauma uh hence why we're seeing the increase uh, in, in help services um but we're also you know uh on the flip side you know still have we have a lot that's available to us to make sure we don't really our bodies uh do their their job and protect us from the uncomfortable and the pain I live, uh, for those of you guys who are listening, I live in the Austin, Texas uh, region in here in the United States, and we have a lot of services to help different populations, and one of them is a program called Education Connection, and the, the goal of it is to make sure that kids, by the time they hit uh, grade three, are at grade level literacy rates. And the problem that I don't know what's going on in, in, in British Columbia, but there is a shocking amount of students that are literally sliding through the system. And if they're feeling discouraged, they can't read. If they can't read, they can't learn. If they can't learn, they can't function. If they can't function, they can't be productive members of society. And that leads to crime. It leads to all these things. And when you think about crime, I think, I mean, I'm not, we're not trying to go into a criminology uh, podcast, but I'll just sit here and just say, when you think about crime, it, it's basically saying, I don't know how to meet my needs in a healthy and safe way, safety for mm -hmm. myself and safety for others. So when we talk about like, we're all seeking help in terms of like mood lambs and like uh, chakra energy and all this other stuff that's going on, basically they're saying, I'm crying for help and I'm just grabbing whatever is being promoted. And so I think what we really need to be doing as coaches, as therapists, as healers, in that space, I'm like, okay, that's awesome. You want to get a salt rock. It's awesome. You want to go to get ayahuasca retreat or whatever is going on. But like, why are you seeking this? 
what what are you really trying to resolve in the trauma? Because I think for a lot of people, I know Jeff, we can talk about this deeper, is like a lot of us are feeling uncomfortable with these feelings. And we just think, well, let's just banded it up with what I saw on an Instagram uh, reel. Mm-hmm. Well, look at it though, right? When you look at uh, the larger, it's been, I, I, and I'm only speaking of North America. I can't speak to Europe and I can't speak to the rest of the world, right? So when I say a lot of these things, I'm speaking strictly North America because that's where we are, right? Um, but we are, um, we are definitely a society of quick fixes, right? You know, we're moving towards AI. We're moving towards a lot of these systems that have like, you, you know, we're getting to the point now where you you don't have to leave your couch, right? You know, the Alexa's in the home. You got skip the dishes or, or Uber Eats or whatever else is that's here in BC. And um, I'm not sure it's in the States. I'm sure it's pretty similar, right? Like we're, we're definitely heading to more of a sed- sedentary lifestyle, right? Because everything is at the tip of your fingers, right? So we're not really promoting this idea of like, you know, of the, you know, the older ideals of like hard, like not hard work, but like, you know, like you see there's a struggle, right? Like we're, we're really moving away from that concept of struggle, right? Because through, through struggle creates resilience and does create the pop, some positives for yourself, right? And a massive struggle for someone who's gone through trauma is unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, but like is like the fact you do have to struggle to really understand what's going on for you, right? Because you look at it deeper, right? Like you, the way you're functioning right now is your body just trying to make you survive. That's really what it is. Like when, if you're, if you're someone who's suffering for sure through trauma or what are, you know, not feeling like yourself, like that's the first question is like, what is my body doing for me right now? Right. You know, why, why am I scared to go to a certain place? Right. Like, you know, if you're agoraphobic, why don't I want to go outside? Right. Like it's, what is, what is your body doing right now? That's serving you. Right. And it's, it's that survive. It's, it's for you to survive. Like that is the, again, like, I know I've said a lot so far, but like, that is the number one goal of our bodies. And as, as human beings, that's how we've, you know, got to where we are today is the, is the survival instinct, right? Um, you know, our human brain is, is set up uh, of a frontal lobe, which is the newer part of our brain, which helps us develop our emotions and, you know, our higher functioning, but we also still have that reptilian brain in the very back, right? And that's from way, way back, right? And that's, it still exists with us as humans, right? And when we go through strong trauma or serious life events, that brain kicks in because that's what's keeping us alive, right? And that is the, the mode you will stay in because that's what our bodies is are trained to do is say like, nope, I'm gonna keep you alive today. It'll stay that way till you really have a conversation with yourself um, or with a therapist, right? Or a life coach to a certain extent, right? Like um, about what, like why? Like what is causing your body to basically take over your, you, right? Because it's it's subconscious at this point, right? It's not conscious, right? Like you don't go to a certain place, you know, you don't date a certain person, right? Um, you don't like a certain race, right? There's all these subconscious reasons for it, right? You know, don't like foster parents, right? Because you were a foster child, you and so therefore you hate all foster parents, you hate all social workers, right? Um, there's a reason for that, right? And relationships is a big one too. I will not get into a relationship because I'm terrified of X, Y, Z. You know, someone who's sexually abused, right? I will not have, you know, I will not have sex again, right? Or you have, a, you have a very distorted idea of what sex is like because of your, your, your certain type of abuse, right? And the same thing for with addiction, right? Addiction's a really, really big one, right? Like it is a numbing, right? Or how I see it is it's a relationship with that 
um, addiction because um, whatever that is too, it's not just substances, right? That's it's phones, it's gambling, right? It could be sex too, right? Whatever that uh, pleasure-seeking activity is, right? We are, again, at the key of it, surviving, right? And if you're addicted to something, it, it's a relationship to keep your, to soothe yourself and to keep yourself going, right? So again, like, you know, the beginning of the question, right, is like, you know, we as a society and, and where we're at now with, with, with everything that's going on, you know, it's just so easy to feel like we're in control of ourselves, but we're actually, if we look at it a little bit deeper, right, we're not, right? And it's that sense you said too, is we're trying to actively avoid ourselves, really, if you think about it, right? We just kind of want to stay in our, in our survival mode because our body's happy to be in that survival mode because that's what's keeping us going. It's getting you up and doing your nine to five job, right? you know, or putting your kids to bed, you know, parents probably will absolutely know what survival mode is, <laughs> especially at bedtime. Um, but, you know, if you really want to make that next step, or you really want to, or you're really starting to feel like this doesn't feel right, like I'm not feeling like I'm there all the time, or, you know, I'm getting angry really quickly about something, or there's just something there that you're feeling out of control about, that's a sign, right, that the, that your body has taken over, um, without you really recognizing that, right? And it is that moment, it is that struggle that you do have to go through then and sometimes really sit with those uncomfortable feelings because, you know, our body doesn't like it because it feels like we're going to die. Like, like when you sit with your uncomfortable feelings, it does feel like you are going to die. Like, and your body kind of wants you to do that because it's like, dude, I'm keeping you in survival mode for a reason, right? Like we're terrified that it's going to hurt you, right? But it's not going to kill you, Right. In most circumstances, of course, some folks, it might, right? Like, you know, you might get, you know, suicidal because you're sitting with something that you've been, you've been uh, sitting with. And that's why it's really important, you know, if you're starting to feel these feelings to really seek help, right? Like through, through a therapist, psychiatrist, right? Because um, that's when you really need to work with someone, right? And it does, you know, I can't say it's not going to, but like for the, for the most part, right? Those uncomfortable feelings will not harm you. It feels like it, but they won't, Right. Um, and it's just that work to work with a therapist, a life coach, uh, right. To really understand what those feelings are and what they're telling you, because your body is always telling you something, right. It's just that, that, that time to listen. Um, and still, I think, uh, our society is not one to want to listen to uncomfortable feelings. It's, oh, you know, all the signs out there, the phones, right. Like go and numb yourself because, um, it's a lot easier than sitting with yourself and really understanding what's going on for you and really uh, what your trauma uh, has has sort of resulted in what you are today. For I'm I, like I'm 41 years old, and I'm now starting to get used to like intentionally breathing throughout the day. You know, I know mm -hmm. your your with your your clients. That, do you come call clients or therapists? I mean, your clients or patients. What do you what do you call them? Uh, well, it really depends on, on how you view it. Uh, you can call them, yeah. Clients is, is I think, is, is pretty, uh, okay. some folks just say people, young young person, right? Like sometimes even the word client is a bit uh, medical, uh, but okay. I think clients- Your, your people, there. your people. Yeah. <laughs> your people. So how you talk to your people is like, for a lot of us, when we're talking about these, these, these keeping our bodies safe, some of us have held our breath. Some of us have had stomach- irritation and painful bowel movements and headaches and insomnia is like 
all of us who have experienced former trauma, big T or little T, have experienced it. But if you get accustomed to that, if you get accustomed to that surge of cortisol and norepinephrine and adrenaline and all that stuff flowing through your body, after a while, crazily enough, you hit that homeostasis point where you're like, oh, this is normal. Feeling heart palpitations throughout the day is normal. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Right. And, um, you know, the, how the brain works too. the brain is a matter like with neuroplasticity and folks who don't know what that means our brains, uh, which we thought at first was just for children in the sense that um, our brains were neuroplastic in the sense that they are they can mold you can, you can learn very easily. So, you know, the, the, the saying old dogs can't learn new tricks, right. But now the research has started showing that even though into our older age, our brains can adapt, right? And you actually quite see it in a traumatic event, right? Like, you know, you can go from someone that has no problem driving a car to getting in a serious car accident and can't even get inside one, right? Like that really shows you neuroplasticity, right? But our brain is like a computer, right? And, you know, when we get, when you put a program in a computer, it that's how it runs, right? And our brains are the same way. So if you are stuck in trauma and stuck in a certain way, your brain gets into habits and humans are creatures of habits, right? So when you try to introduce something new to it, try to change, um, it doesn't like that, right? It's like, no, this is how we've survived for 30, 40, 50, even, you know, younger people, 18 years, right? It's like, I don't want to do this, right? Like, um, this is working, bud. No, thank you. Um, let's let's not do that. So that's why a lot of folks struggle with the change, right? Because our it's not only are you shifting the way you're thinking about yourself, but your body's also like fighting against the change, right? Especially for folks that have gone through severe trauma, right? The big T trauma, um, because because it's like no, this is how we survive, and you know a lot of times we identify, like our trauma tur- like turns it into our identity of who we are as a person, right? Like you know someone who's stuck in a domestic violence situation, right? Like, no, I am the victim, right? Like that, that becomes the identity because that's how you survive. You don't say anything, you, you know, you be quiet, right? Like you stay there because that's how you survive, right? So I can be challenging with someone in that scenario, for example, right? Because you're trying to reteach them that no, you can actually get out of this A and B, this actually isn't your identity. You are way more than what's going on for you, right? Like a big thing is when I work with people is you want your trauma, right? Your trauma is your trauma, right? And you need to separate yourself from what happened to you, right? And for those folks who know someone uh, who's gone through some trauma, instead of asking, this might be popular knowledge now, but instead of asking what's wrong with you, ask what happened to you. Because there is a very big reason why this person is the way they are, right? So yeah, absolutely. It, It can become habit and we are creatures of habit and we are fighting against our own bodies. And it's a huge thing in therapy is to help people realize that right is like you know you're anxious you're depressed you're suicidal right um you know so what's led up to that like what's led up to you thinking that ending your life is better or even self-harming right um what is what is again back to that what is it serving you right what is your anxiety serving you what is it protecting you from right what is going on with your depression? Like what is driving that low mood? It's not just there by itself, right? There's something there that's telling you, you know, you're not worthy, you're not very worthy, right? All this stuff, right? So there's, there's so many things that lead into it, right? But like, you know, that question is like, oh, what, what happened to me? Like, or what's happening here that it's leading me to act a certain way? I have to just put out, Jeff, this public service announcement. 
and, and you, you did mention this earlier that if you have any forms of suicidal ideation, like thinking about taking yourself out, please, this is the time you call and the states we call 911. I don't know what it is in, in BC. Yeah, it's the same. That's not what <laughs> not, 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 like call 911. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, for a lot of us, we have been so ostracized because the people around us were either emotionally disabled or was inconvenient or was just inappropriate uh, to talk with certain people because they just didn't they didn't have the tool within themselves and so internalized shame and self-pity and resentment it builds and builds and so i want everyone who's listening to please don't say well this listening to this is is, is enough like no it could be literally the trauma could be a chemical imbalance Maybe you don't have enough serotonin in your body. Like you, you need to see a psychiatrist to regulate that out. Like I, I always believe anyone who's listening to this podcast, like this is just a stepping stone for you to get curious and investigate other things. So I just had to say, I just had to say that, but let me kind of backtrack back to the idea of addiction. Cause you know, you know me, like addiction's my jam. I shouldn't say a jam, but just something that is interesting to me for personal as well as professional reasons. You know, for a lot of us, we have become so addicted to, I shouldn't say addicted, addicted to addiction. We have become so accustomed to using soothing tools that literally take over our lives. Addicted to, we, we talk about the electronics, but addicted to, we mentioned sex, addicted to anything they could put the pause button on the discomfort. And because of self-motivated interest with, in marketing and stuff like that, we're like, go ahead, go ahead, $5.99 a month, have at it. Like, and no one's pausing and saying like, hmm, maybe this is causing problems in relationships. Maybe this is causing problems in regulating emotions. Nobody wants to have that conversation because too much money is on the line. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, you know, we are a capitalist society, right? And that's just how we function. I'm not going to say the ugly C word, uh, which is communism. Uh, and, I, and I wouldn't be promoting communism, right? But it's it's important, like, you know, when we ask questions about ourselves, you know, it's always important on, on this larger scale to ask questions of where now, where it comes from, right? And, you know, you've mentioned Dr. Gabor Mate on your podcast before, but, you know, he said basically capitalist, capitalism is the cause for a trauma, right? Um, and it's, it's, you know, like I, like we are in such an interesting time in our society because we have these tools available now that we never had in our society, right? Like food was always available, right? Um, but now we have more sugary foods, more salty foods, which, which our, our brains and, and bodies are more attached to, right? And, and of course, smartphones, probably one of the best and most scariest of inventions uh, of our time, right? Um, and these things are all designed to distract ourselves, right? And we are hardwired, which we, which we, uh, we don't know or not, are hardwired to these things, right? Even a healthy person, right, um, can be, uh, you know, attracted to these things, right? It's not as likely, right, um, because the seeking for soothing, soothing is not there, right? Like that's a big misunderstanding actually about addiction. Um, is it, it is the substance or the, the tool to which you use, right? Sex, you know, gambling, phones, right? But uh, this is my belief, right? Uh, there's different beliefs around about addiction, but my belief is it's the attachment, right? 
attachment in the sense that we as humans are born to bond with with something. Typically, it's our parents. Um, but, you know, if you look at different cultures, too, it's actually with your community, right? Um, so if someone doesn't get that community um, or guardian uh, or caregiver attachment, um, they're going to need need to like biologically attach to something right that gives them that same soothing and uh, regulating believe it or not feeling right and that's the phone that's the drugs that's gambling that's the sex right it's something that gives us that connection that ends the dysregulation we are feeling trauma actually really what it is is dysregulation right we are not ourselves right you mentioned crime earlier right that's just a dysregulated person right doesn't really know what's going on for them and you know the adrenaline rush of the crime or the camaraderie you might feel in a gang or whatever you're, you're doing right like that's just a dysregulated person looking for regulation right um and yeah so we, we and we live in a society that harbors this on a, on a large scale right where we don't we don't feel like we need to really look into ourselves and we get offered soothing because again about survival mode right what are we looking for we're looking to soothe right that's what we do like you look and look at a baby you look at uh the youngest with that the youngest child right like they're looking to soothe they fall or any kind of life or stress they want to soothe right and that continues as we get older right so these are massive soothing techniques and then for those folks that don't have a positive attachment to a parent friend community right they're going to attach to something that's going to help them feel okay, right? Because again, that's what we're looking for. We're just looking to, to feel soothed and regulated. That's, that's the, that is the biggest uh, need for us all as humans, right? And, you know, the need for belonging too is a really massive one, right? And, you know, cocaine can offer that to you, right? Because you forget about your problems. It, it, it physiologically makes the pain go away um, and you feel a little like better about yourself and, and all that right so and same again same thing with all the tools of, of soothing right so it's it's really important to understand that too you know if you're listening and you're someone that feels like you're struggling with an addiction right like really ask yourself that question of like you know what is my attachment to this what is my relationship with this substance phone gambling right what is it doing for me right because it's, it's doing something because you keep going back to it right and i also agree with you in the sense of like you know listen to this podcast like you can't go on instagram and all of a sudden cure your trauma right as much as they want you to make you feel like it right um it's it's a holistic thing and it's a it's a lifelong journey right you could go you could do one round of therapy and feel really good but then something else pops up then you need another round of therapy, life coaching, and then you get older. And sometimes you might realize that, oh, you know what? I really can't handle my anxiety like I used to, right? Like I'm really struggling with it. Maybe you need to go in Canada, you go to your general practitioner first, and then you get a referral out, right? Um, maybe you need to get diagnosed. Maybe you need medication, right? Like it's, it's a lot more challenging to really be okay with yourself than it is to just pick up your phone and and be just and be soothed and, and disconnect from yourself right um so it's it's a really interesting time we live in as we've mentioned right and it the journey to to healing um is a long one and it's it's constant right if you talk to any recovering addict they're saying i will never fully be healed it is every year 
it's every hour, it's every minute, right? Like they, they know, right? Like it's one slip and they're back to where they are, right? But so I think that sometimes when people don't understand sometimes and they get a little bit discouraged by it, right? It's like, well, I've been to therapy. Like, why am I feeling like this, right? Uh, well, it's because it's, it's, it takes time. Like, and it's, and maybe something else happens in your life that you need to go back because, you know, PTSD is this funny thing where you think you're over it and then you hit another another reminder uh, of what happened to you, right? And then you're like, then you're back to where you can, not back to where you're starting, but you start to get those symptoms again, right? And you're like, wait a minute, I've been over this. Like, I don't get it. Like, did the therapy, I did the EMDR. Like, I'm, I, I know I'm okay, but it, our bodies are funny that way, right? And if you look at trauma, right? And look at it again, we're going back to our bodies. Like, our bodies are amazing things right and again there's the, they're there to, to to help you survive our bodies just just soak up that trauma like just soak it up right and it goes deep deep in there right that's why a lot of folks use somatic therapy or like um you know feeling how you're feeling in the moment physically that's what somatic therapy is right so you know you're doing, going through a therapy you close your eyes and you feel something in your chest right what is that right that's your trauma that's your body holding the trauma right so sometimes it takes multiple times multiple different modalities of therapy, right? To really understand what's going on for you, right? And then once you, the, the great thing about going to therapy, though, is you learn those, you know, those tools and skills so that when it pops back up, you understand and go, okay, here's that. I can feel my anxiety. What's going on here? Okay, I'm okay. I don't really need to be anxious right now. And then it goes away, right? But that takes time and practice. You know, as, as I was thinking about when you were saying that the need for attachment, that need to feel connected, I've, I'm thinking about specifically some alcoholics, some addicts that say, you know what, my mom and dad loved me. There was just something within me that was just broken. I had, I had food, I had shelter, I had everything. And I just want to make sure I'm opening the space for people to feel safe and like, hey, you know, I did feel safety, but there was still something off within me that sought comfort. And as you're talking, I was thinking about Harry Harlow's. Do you remember the monkey experiments? With the, 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 if, 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 if you're not, I want to, <laughs> for the benefit of everybody, plus I want to hear it again. <laughs> uh, in the 1950s, they were doing attachment uh, tests to see like how as, as human beings can be attached to, to caretakers and whatnot. And by the way, during that same time, they were doing horrific tests with separating kids from their parents during like Nazi rule and caused permanent psychological damage. But anyway, yeah, ethics are a lot better than they used to be back then. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 I I did want to share with you Jeff one story real quick um that kind of leads to the point about feeling attachment and so in 1958 Harlow uh, Harry Harlow the, the researcher uh, psychiatrist he separated infant monkeys from their mothers immediately after birth and placed them in cages with access to two surrogate mothers one made of wire and one covered in soft hairy toweling cloth. And in the first group, the terry cloth mother provided no food, while the wire mother did in the form of an attached baby bottle containing milk. What was interesting is that both groups of monkeys spent more time with the cloth mother, even if she had no milk. And the infant would only go to the wire mother when hungry. And so once it was fed to the, once would return to the cloth mother for the most of the day, it was frightening to see that. And um, the, 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 the monkey would only feel most comfortable with the cloth mother. 
And so we as human beings, like, and they were making corollaries to like us as humans and saying like, we need to feel that attention, that, that affection from human beings, like even a primate mm. wants to feel connected. And I see this a lot in the, going back to the beginning of our conversation, like when we disassociated with people because of fear of the, the Rona, coronavirus, it caused some real psychological rips, like in and I, 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 I'm there to say it will be for generations to come. Like, oh, no, people are scary. People are going to get you sick. You know, it's all the, the airborne virus is going to kill you. Stay isolated. Well, yeah, to even further that, right? Like, it's, uh, yeah, like it's around also, like, uh, like the brain, right? So then we, you know, we spent two years not being with each other. So then that, like, that drive to be with each other sort of, it, it was disrupted a little bit, right? Um, so now, like when you go into it before, when you would go into a crowd, you wouldn't think anything of it, right? But now when you go into a crowd, you're like, ooh, right? This was this was a no-no for two years. And now it is. So it gives you that pause a little bit, right? Um, and, you know, for folks that were on the verge of any kind of mental health crisis, right? Like isolation is one of the worst possible things you can do for a mental health uh, challenge, right? Because uh, it just, all you do is sit there. Right, which we've been talking this whole whole podcast about, you know, sitting, you know, sitting with yourself. But that is good to an extent, right? If you're constantly sitting and isolating yourself, uh, it's not good either, right? Um, you do need to, you know, see people and and seek that connection, right? Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, like attachments. A funny thing, and you mentioned, you know, the, the, the folks that do have histories of, of good attachments, but still go go down that road, right? There's going to be outliers, right? And the you know folks will always use uh, the outlier example, right? Um, but you know, for the most part, right? For the most part, like um, you know, we like there there is an attachment to it. So you know, and what is it like? You know, if that person did have a good family and did have this, this, and that, like there's still something there that that person's attaching to, right? Like that's 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 that that's missing from what they had, right? Like maybe, maybe like their family's too good and they don't feel good enough for their family. So they'll attach to the alcohol, right? Um, there's, there's lots of ways of looking at it, right? But um, attachment's a, a really, really big one, right? And it's getting, I know it started in the 60s and you said the 50s too, right? Like, so it, it's in science terms, it's still relatively young and there's, there's still lots of research uh, going into it. But I think um, it's something that's, that's still not, fully talked about when it comes to addiction, right? Um, it's still, you know, the very much the, the, it's a chemical and you know, predisposition, right? You know, I was predisposed to be very handsome, but that didn't end up working out for me. Um, but, you know, in That's the end, uh, <laughs> um, in the end, uh, you know, attachments are really important piece of our society, right? Um, and, you know, as you know, not to get too big and, and too out of out of you know the realm of this podcast, but um, you know the sense our sense of community has really in person community has really changed, right? Um, I think you mentioned you mentioned in one of your podcasts uh, around like you know we are one of the most connected you know societies ever, which is true. Like we have access to each other. Like you, have, you know you and I are talking in two different countries, right? So that is certainly uh, an example of more connection than ever before. But we also have all these platforms that that are about me are very selfish driven right um so we actually are now really individualizing ourselves which is important but to a point where we don't really want to be with each other anymore right like 
there's dating apps, you don't go to pubs anymore, right? Like it's, it's a very different society we live in now. It's all, all of our connection is not in person, right? And our, that's how we survived as a human race was togetherness, right? Uh, and even with COVID, right? Like COVID uh, was a very traumatizing time for a lot of people and we couldn't be with each other, right? Families were separated, right? People couldn't see each other, right? Um, you know, children were excluded from each other. Children were not told to play with their friend across the, across the street because they might get sick, right? So, um, and to me, you know, community is very important for healing in a lot of senses, for a lot of challenges, right? Mental health, trauma, uh, and addiction, right? It's, um, it's, it can be very key to someone actually really being very successful in life. Um, you know, and therapy is, is, is actually a part of that community, right? Um, it's reaching out and asking for help. So it's, it's a very, like, you know, we started the podcast talking about the mic, the macro trauma, right? And I think that's a huge piece of it, right? Is that our sense of community every year, uh, I think is starting to really dwindle. Uh, it's, it's, it's concerning. Um, here in the States, uh, our surgeon general, Vivek Murthy said that the biggest health crisis here in the States is loneliness. That's the hugest, more over than smoking, heart disease, none of that is, is loneliness. And we see that manifest in shootings and civil disturbances. And it, it, it's something that it's so pervasive. And all we want to do is say, well, that's just a hate group. Let's shut them down. Mm -hmm. Well, why do they feel hate? There's loneliness, there's sadness, there's isolation. Why, why are they isolated? Because they don't, their voice were determined inappropriate. And I'm not trying to get into free speech. That's a whole different conversation. I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole. But the point I'm trying to make is as part of being connected, like you mentioned earlier, as part of feeling a sense of solidarity, we need to allow that space for people to feel open about sharing things that may feel uncomfortable, may feel that it may disappoint. I'm like, oh, you you may maybe hurt your mama's feelings by saying she was so busy going to her night school classes to give you a better future, but he, you felt lonely. Like as an example, I mean, we need as a society say, hey, look, maybe our need as an example to want to achieve, be successful, maybe it's causing some unintended consequences. Yeah, absolutely right, and you may I mean. You know, bit the business world and competitiveness is is you know it's part of capitalism, right? And um, it is a it can be a good and a bad thing, right? Um, but you know, in the end, like in, like I think to you know encompass our, our whole conversation, right? Like you know, this podcast stuff is about talking about trauma, uh, how we heal from trauma, and the many different types of it, right? Because like we talked about in the beginning, there are so many different types of trauma, right? And um, and again, one event, this is an interesting thing about trauma, one event can be very, very hard for one person, another person can, can roll off their back and they're totally fine. Two people can get into a car crash, one, they're buying another car, they're, they're off to the, off to the races, the other one, you're not ever getting back in a car, right, without some serious help, right? And I think that's just, you know, to encompass our, our whole conversation, you know, if, you know, and you're listening to this podcast and, and things are starting to resonate with you is like, what does your healing journey, what do you want that to look like? right? Because you could talk to me, you could talk to, to, to Denise, and we could help you, right? A therapist or a life coach. But in the end, 
you're the one that makes the change, right? A therapist or a life coach is just really there to help you along the way, right? With, with specific training and specific questions to ask, right? Um, because, you know, there are these things out there. There's drugs, there's alcohol, there's alcohol, there's phones, there's all these things to distract you, right? But what do you want out of your life? That's a big question, right? Are you happy with, with, with the way your life is going right now? Great. You don't need to change anything, right? And that's not what we're here to talk about, right? I'm here to convince you that you are traumatized or that you need to make a change, right? Although we can always make changes, right? Like I'm, you know, I am not a perfect person. I do, you know, need to go every now and then and talk to a therapist because that's just how I am, right? But you might be happy with your life, right? But, you know, if you are hearing this and things that Denise and I are saying are hitting for you, what then what do you want to do with that right because in the end again it's that power or that uh, energy of like huh maybe i should make a change how do you want to do that right um and if it's complex and you know um like you know this pod this this episode is not going to change your life um I, I wish we had that power then we could help a lot of people uh in a short amount of time um but you know you know then the next step is who can help me right you know and if it's you know you can't afford therapy or you can't afford um you know a life coach right lots of well i can't i can't speak to the us but in canada there are lots of you know lower or free options for counseling right um or even to start is who's in my community that can help me right because even just reaching out and finding peer groups or you know parent groups, right? Groups like a community of supportive people for whatever issue you have. That's a really good start because you're going to have people who have gone through the therapies, who have gone through um, psychiatrists on medication, lots of little life things that maybe you think you might need to do, right? Um, because in the end, but in the end, the change is within you, right? And, you know, if you're like, you know, mentioned someone, you mentioned people who are suicidal here, right? And, and absolutely, if you are feeling suicidal, please, you know, go, go to the hospital, you know, make sure you're not going to harm yourself, right? But, you know, for folks that, that um, do have suicidal thoughts or are self-harming, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now, if that's you right now, that means you have the power to change because you are alive, Right. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't be here right now. You wouldn't be listening. You wouldn't be even thinking about changing, right? So I want you to think about that, right? Or anybody who's struggling right now, right? That's listening to this, right? Is the idea that because you're listening to this, that means you had the intention to do something good for yourself, right? And that's not even, maybe not even this podcast. You follow like mental health things on Instagram. That is your body telling you that it has the intention to do good for yourself, right? So that means you can use that to help yourself get better, right? And, you know, it might look hard, but like just knowing that you have that goodness in you, goodness is the wrong word, like, because I don't want to like do good or bad. Um, it's not bad if you don't want to do that either, right? It's your life, you, you, you do how you want to, right? But you have that drive to better yourself, right? And I'm not gonna, I'm not the one who's controlling that drive. Denise is not, no therapist or life coach or anybody's gonna determine that drive. It's within you, right? So hopefully this has helped you uh, in some way, but like in, in the end, like I really wanna stress that um, any kind of change comes within you, 
Um, and if a therapist or life coach tries to tell you that they're the expert, uh, or they're the ones that are the reason that, uh, that you changed, I mean, you might credit someone for helping, but in the end, it's always going to be you, right? You're going to be the one that leaves that abusive relationship. You're the one that's going to be reporting any kind of abuse that's happening to yourself, right? Right. Uh, or, and you're the one that's going to make the change to what you want for your life, because that's the biggest thing is this is about you and what you want for your life. Right. And that might look different. Like you could you could come from a culture that believes in you know community first. Right. So what does that look like? How do you better yourself in your community? Right. That that's that serves you and serves your community. Right. So that's the biggest thing I always like to stress when I work with people is that in the end, yes, I'm you know, you're paying me to help you. Right. But in the end, it's. You take what I you take what I give you, or you take from our conversations what you want, and you turn it into what you feel is, is going to help you meet your goals. I love this idea of not what's happening to you, but part of me. I, I love the idea when you mentioned earlier that you know what's wrong with you, but what's going on with you? How are you feeling? I love this idea of being curious and empathetic towards yourself, and not trying to ignore. I love this idea of curiosity, exploring things within you that you may not feel safe. And also this idea of personal responsibility. And yes, my magic wand is out of the shop. You know, I don't know when that thing's going to come back. <laughs> the mechanic's lazy. But <laughs> this idea that, you know, you as a therapist, me as a coach, like we're, we're not going to be changing. Just only you are going to be able to take that initiative within you. We're going to provide you the tools. We're going to provide you some frame of reference for you to work with some roadmap, but ultimately you're walking. I'm, we're just kind of, your, think of us as your sidekicks along the way. And there's definitely things that I'm like, oh, Jeff, you need a hand as a therapist. Can't just be on my pay grade. And then, I mean, as a coach, I do different things that you don't do with your people, you know, as there. So I always love the fact that there's a space for everybody in healing work that, it's it's not a matter of like who's best, but who will work for you right now. And that may even be a psychiatrist, an MD. No one is sitting here and saying it has to be this path in this direction. It's just, are you willing? Are you curious? Are you open for learning more about who you are and how your past is affecting you? Because you don't have to let mm -hmm. your past ruin your present and certainly your future. Jeff, it's been such a pleasure. Is it like if there's like any like main idea, main theme, like Denise, girl, you need to talk to me about this. Like, what would it be for everybody <laughs> who's listening? Yeah, I think the key things I'd like folks to take away from today is one that the you have the powers within you. It, oh, it always has been and always will be. Right. Um, read any read any survival like you know, quote lack of survival story of any kind of trauma or domestic violence. Right. It was that person that got themselves out of there. Right. And maybe someone made a phone call, but you're the one that didn't go back. Right. So the the power is within you. Two, you are not your trauma really focus on the fact that your trauma is your trauma, right? And for folks that were abused at a young age, it is not your fault. I want, and I know it's a cliche from the, what's it, uh, Goodwill Hunting, the whole, it's not your fault. It's very true. It is not your fault. You were a child, that trauma happened to you, right? So don't identify, like, don't let it, don't let it identify, right? And, you know, you know, work through it, right? Like, and, and that's the, the third thing is like, it's going to be uncomfortable to work through this, but through through the uncomfortableness becomes resilience and becomes, for lack of a better term, power, 
right? Power is a bit, uh, it can be an ugly word, but I'm just going to use it because it is empowering our power. Gain some power back for yourself, right? And that um, it's, I know we're like humans, we are designed to get away from that uncomfortableness, but it's through discovering that uncomfortableness. It's through, you know, getting through the mud, uh, you know, if, you know, for, you know, I'm a man. So, you know, stop, put, stop putting your chin up, stop grinning your teeth and baring it, right? Like really sit down and, and, and talk with someone about it, right? Um, because it's, it feels uncomfortable, but like in the end, like it's, it's going to make you appreciate more uh, of your life and appreciate really like what that did for you. Right. And you can also like, I guess the fourth thing on big list here is the fourth thing is you can use like from what you've been through, you can actually use that to help you, right. The fact that you are resilient, right. And I mentioned, that's why I mentioned folks who are suicidal, like you are alive, right. Your body or something in your body telling you, telling you, you should not be, but you're not, you're alive, right? So there's something there you can actually use to further better, better yourself, right? So you actually can use what's within you to make yourself better. Even if you're telling, it might be weird saying like my suicidalness is actually a positive. Well, no, but like the fact that you are not dead means that you have something that's, that wants you to be alive and, and eventually thrive, right? So... Yeah, so I guess the to wrap it all up is that you are you are can be the change in you, um, and what's happened to you um, doesn't have to define you. I love that. I, I, what has happened to me won't define me, and and I'm hoping you may have to those are you guys who are listening repeat that on loop. What Jeff just said like 20 times a day, 500 as many times as you need to, because is that feeling of shame and self-pity that only causes more pain and discomfort. It's a very vicious cycle, but I know that those of you guys who are listening, you've taken notes, you have listened, you've you've paid attention to what Jeff said about like you are a survivor. You you're to just listening to this is a brave step and that you're taking the next step, whatever that looks for you. And this moment right now, we are not trying to push you in any direction or label you. We're just giving you some food for thought and so that you can take whatever next step looks for for you. But Jeff, it's just been such a pleasure talking with you. Like how can people find you so they can be part of your people? <laughs> uh, so I'm uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at jefffreeoneal189. And that's pretty much what my social presence looks, <laughs> looks like right now. Um, but yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you and I hope uh, our chat can, can encourage someone to really, uh, you know, think about what their healing journey looks like. And uh, Jeff, I'm just really grateful because I, I love, I, I'm not be like, oh, I only want to talk to therapists. I want to talk to everybody. And I love therapists who are just keeping an open mind and talking about issues that may feel uncomfortable because it's not just about just us you know promoting ourselves is us about promoting health and wellness mm -hmm. and living a good healthy life and i'm grateful for our conversation so those of you guys who are listening please take that next step whatever it looks like and please connect with jeff obviously if you like this podcast feel free to share far and wide so that we can amplify this message and for those of you guys who are listening there is always better and brighter if you believe in yourself well thank you so much jeff and thank you for everyone who is listening take care and be awesome